ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கி அண்ட் இன் திஸ் எபிசோட் வி பர்சீவ் த பிட்டியபிள் ஸ்டேட் ஆஃப் அ கிங்ஸ் எனமீஸ் ஆஸ் போர்ட்ரேட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு செவன் பென்ட் ஃபார் த சோலா கிங் கரிகாலன் பை த போயட் கருங்குழல் ஆதனார் The verse is situated in the category of Vanji Tinai or a king's prowess in the battlefield and depicts the past and present of an enemy nation. Kaliru kadaiya thal, kalal uriya thirindu adi, kanai porudu kavi van kaiyal, kan olir varuvum kavin sabatthu, maa marutta malar marbin, tol payariya yerul munbin, yellayum iravum yennai, பகைவர் ஊர் சுடு விளக்கத்து அழு விழி கம்பலை கொள்ளை மேவலை ஆகலின் நல்ல இல்ல ஆகுபவால் இயல் தேர் வளவ தன் புனல் பரந்த பூசல் மண் மறுத்து மீனின் செருக்கும் யானர் பயன் திகழ் வைப்பின் பிறர் அகந்தலை நாடே Karihalan is the most famous of the Sangam era Chola kings and is said to be one who expanded the empire of the early Cholas. Other than empire building, he has the honor of being the one who commissioned the world's oldest dam known as Kallane or Grand Anekkad. Let's delve into the poet Karungulal Adana's words about this king that follows. with legs that propel elephants with immaculate feet having impressions of warrior anklets with strong hands that bend to place arrows on a bow that shines radiantly before the eyes with a vast chest that makes the goddess refuse all others with a might to fight even with elephants thou art Without considering whether it's day or night you set out to plunder the towns of your enemies setting the lands ablaze and making the people cry aloud with suffering and so there is nothing good left there o rider of a well-built chariot instead of using sand spread by the cool stream they utilize fish to dam holes in mud banks such was the past prosperity of those wide spaces in the nations of those others time to delve into the intricacies in the portrait of this king the poet starts by sketching the ruler's physical features he talks about how the king's thighs press on huge elephants and how these move the animals in the direction of the king's will Next he moves further down and points to how the king's warrior anklets rub against his fine feet from the lower limbs he moves to the upper limbs and talks about how the king places arrows with his powerful hands on a radiant bow as the king takes aim the poet shifts his focus to the king's wide chest which he describes as the favorite abode of the goddess of victory so much so that when others come seeking her favor she turns a blind eye to them with a mention of the king's strength to even chase away elephants the poet concludes his portrait Shifting the spotlight from the king's appearance and strength to his actions, the poet describes how the king seems to not worry about day or night when it comes to waging war on his enemy nations so much that their cries are unending. The poet then talks about the consequence saying since the king plunders them so, nothing good at all is left in that country. 
and to stress that it was not some impoverished nation which had nothing much, the poet concludes with the words that the people of those countries used to stem holes in their banks not with mere mud but with fish. So much used to be the abundance of those enemy countries, the poet implies. Fish is food, a precious commodity. And yet the people here seem to have had so much surplus that they didn't mind using the fish as a stuffing material on banks. This may be a poetic way to elevate the prosperity of that country, but whether it's a practical solution is debatable. For won't the fish decompose and thereby leave open the hole once again? Stepping away from such logical questions, let's focus on the portrait of the king. A person, no matter how handsome and strong, he seems to be one who was bent on bringing ruin to others. History seems to look up with a hint of appreciation only at such ruthless rulers with vast empires. Looking deeper, we will find that the architect of such an empire was most probably a person who had no qualms about destroying peace and property for the sake of expanding his territory. At a point in their evolution, humans seem to have turned from better to more, meaning they have shifted from an appreciation of quality and turned to quantity, more food more property, more territory, more money, more followers, more retweets, and so on. Is this an inevitable outcome of our evolutionary path? Or is there hope to break the cycle of more and choose a different path from these kings of yore? Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandinikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri Vanakkam.